Welcome to Talking Tax, a Bloomberg Tax podcast. In this series, we talk to attorneys, accountants, and other tax professionals about the latest developments in the world of tax. I'm your host, Andrea Ben-Yosef, and we're excited that you're here with us today. I am here today with Jim Kale of Weil, Ackman, Balin, and Coleman of Timonium, Maryland, to talk about the very complicated subject of 199A, a tax code provision added by the 2017 Tax Act. Jim recently wrote an article for the TM Memorandum called 199A Gets an Update Three Months After Its Enactment. But since then, even more has changed. So, hello, Jim. How are you doing today? Okay, Andrea. So, let's get right into it. Many have eagerly awaited the publication of the 199A proposed regulations, which just came out. What are the most important topics that you believe these regulations addressed? I think the most important topic that was addressed concerns the definition of trades or businesses. It's like the issue we raised in uh, the article that you just alluded to was of a person that was a home builder that was in a business of uh, building and selling homes, but he might have conducted that business through several different entities. So the question was, did he have uh, several businesses or did he have one trade or business? These proposed regulations provide something that if certain conditions are met, a uh, taxpayer can aggregate his trades or businesses. Now, you can't aggregate uh, two different trades or businesses. One, One example they have in there is somebody that's a pet store and a manufacturer. You see, those are two different trades or businesses. And that example? uh, Such as a hotel operator or a uh, home builder that really is in one trade or business business and passes certain tests to make an election at his level to treat uh, those businesses as one. In fact, that's the basic concept that underlies these uh, new aggregation rules. The concept is a business that's essentially one business but is conducted through several entities for uh, legal and other non-tax reasons, we're going to let him treat this um, treat these entities as one business. And this is something that was left in doubt in the first round of proposed regulations? Yes. Well, it, this, is, this is really the first round of proposed regulations. Until these regulations were issued, it was left in doubt because the statute really didn't speak to, in the case that we're talking about, do you have uh, one trade or business or do you have several trades or businesses? Now, if you meet certain conditions, uh, you're allowed to uh, aggregate those trades or businesses, but you have to meet those conditions, and the conditions are written uh, essentially at the point that what appears legally to be several trades or businesses, in effect, one uh, one trader business conducted through several entities. Okay, and what else did the most recent round of regulations address? Well, another thing that we were wondering about was um, it was a common structure in the past for an owner of a trader business 
to uh, own a building or other property that was leased to that trader business personally uh, outside of the trader business. And what people were wondering is whether the net rental income that owner would have derived through collecting rent from that trader business could be considered uh, QBI or qualified business income. These proposed regulations now contain a new definition of a trader business. And that definition basically says that what um, a trader business is for purposes of Section 199A is a Section 162 trader business, except for one instance. And that one instance is where the level of renting tangible or, in, or uh, intangible property to a commonly controlled uh, trade business that doesn't that may not rise to a level of a trader business will be considered a trader business for purposes of Section uh, 199A. So is that giving practitioners some level of comfort in how they can advise their clients? Yes, I think it gives them some level of comfort, and I think it provides uh, a break to many people. People were worried before this came out that they would have to do things like contribute the building to a trade or business. But the service um, wisely, I think, noted that concern, and they didn't want people going around restructuring their entire business operations solely for tax purposes. So they came out with this rule. I will point out to the listeners, though, that the preamble, it does point out something else. They do say in the case of a rental activity that doesn't rise to the level of a Section 162 trader business, that still uh, points out the concept that uh, you and I pointed out in our previous uh, article that you talked about, that a rental activity is not automatically a trader business for purposes of uh, 199A. And that is something that people, um, you know, the people and practitioners will have to be conscious of. So that hasn't changed? No, that part has uh, has not changed, and, and nor could it change. Uh, in fact, in that whole trader business, I can, uh, I can tell you right after these proposed regs were printed out on August the 8th. A uh, fellow CPA in Baltimore um, is also a teacher, by the way, at many um, at many instructional seminars. Called me and just said, "Hey, how um, you know he doesn't have any assurance that what's reported on Form 8825, the rental schedule, is a trader business." And he's right; he doesn't have any assurance. That's because there, it's not possible. Uh, for anyone to issue a regulation that says a rental property is a trade or business in each and every um, circumstance. And that's because a trade or business definition based on case law is determined by facts and circumstances. Right. So that brings me to my next question about questions you get from clients and practitioners. You mentioned the rental property. Are there any other ones that come up? The biggest, the biggest point is what qualifies for a uh, trader business. One big question that came up that was answered by these proposed regs is what in the definition of a specified service, trade, or business. And that was 
a trader business that's uh, based on the reputation or skill of one or more employees or owners. And what these proposed regulations did is everybody was wondering what that concept meant because it was kind of, uh, you know, it could cover the blue sky. But what these proposed regulations did, they restricted it to certain things such as uh, product endorsements, or where the person's personal appearance is uh, is necessary. So I think they did some clarification in uh, in that area, and that's a uh, and that's a very positive thing. Any other questions that you're getting? Those um, those seem to be the the primary ones. A lot of people are wondering uh, what kind of information they're going to have to get with their partnership returns because they're going to need this information to make um, the Section 199A calculations. The proposed regulations go into some detail about that for what's called relevant pass-through entities. So, um, yeah, those are are primarily the main questions at this point. All right. Well, I know that the 199A deduction has a lot to do with how in making the decision of how to structure your business. So is this deduction going to have a major impact on whether a new business should be a C corporation or a path-through entity? Well, it will have a major impact in this respect that the maximum, that you have to to do an analysis when you form a business as to whether you should be a C corporation or a uh, pass, what's called a pass-through entity. And what the deduction does, it provides that the maximum income tax rate basically for someone that's a pass-through entity for federal income tax purposes would be 37% minus 20% of that amount, which I believe is 7.4%. So the maximum individual tax rate on trader business income is 29.6%. But and what people will do as part of the analysis is compare that to the taxes that would be paid if it were a C corporation. But that's kind of too simplified an analysis. As I was talking to uh, one attorney from Oklahoma, you have to still look at each individual situation. Like, for example, you don't go a C corp normally because of double taxation. Well, what if the plan? is to eventually uh, sell the stock, and the stock qualifies as what's called uh, Section 1202 stock, where where the taxable gain could be co- completely excluded from uh, income. You know, that, that's one. In other words, every situation is different and still has to be analyzed. So it all comes, so it still comes down to facts and circumstances and, you know, evaluate each situation on its own. Yes. You have to do in all this that you have to do careful work. I mean, the people that will that were looking for these proposed regulations that to provide uh, simple, canned answers, they they will be disappointed because it's just impossible to provide a uh, simple, straightforward definition that covers all circumstances. Well, any other points you want to make about 199A before we wrap up? Anything that we need to make sure people are aware of? Well, I think it's the most important deduction in 2018 in the Internal Revenue Code. People should be taking this into account 
in uh, their projections, and even uh, as far as these proposed regulations are concerned. There's a hearing that is scheduled, I believe, on October 16, 2018. What taxpayers and tax practitioners can do until that time is <clears throat> submit comments to the IRS about any uh, things that these regulations currently cover and about any additional matters that they would um, like covered. I think that would be, that's why this is a good opportunity for us to understand these, uh, to try to understand these proposed regs and make uh, any make any suggestions to the IRS. And many times when before an IRS, the IRS finalizes regulations, they adopt uh, suggestions from commentators. All right. Well, thank you, Jim. And then we'll be talking to you again when we get the next round of guidance. Okay. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Talking Tax. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloomberg Tax and subscribe to our show on iTunes and SoundCloud. Tune in next time for more analysis on the newest tax issues. From the nation's capital, I'm Andrea Benyosef.